welcome back, everybody, to another episode of This Is My Bourbon Podcast. I'm your host, Perry, and with me this week is our co-host, Eric. Cowabunga dudes! Cowabunga dudes! I'm here again! I had a weird energy starting out this week, but I don't really care. Because <laughs> I'm tired, and my voice is mostly gone, which is great for a podcast. It's been a, it's been a rowdy weekend. It's been a long few days. Let me tell you, I it's it's funny because so I I for anybody who doesn't know I went to Railbird this weekend, which was the music festival held out at uh, Keeneland, which is our local race course for horses. Horse, horse, horse. Did you say it? Is that how you said it? Just like that? Just like that? You said it like that? Horses. I don't like what that did to my voice. I uh, and it was very hot. Both days, less so on Sunday, uh, and it just kind of turned into like a little time vacuum, almost, where like you didn't really know fully what was happening <laughs> because you were so hot and miserable for so much of it, and then all of a sudden it was the end of the day, and you're like, how am I home? <laughs> and it's not because I was ever really drunk, I was just really tired and really hot. I, between the heat and the lack of water, I heard. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, before we talk more about lack of water, and before we get into Flying Blind, I want to let you all know that if you have not yet subscribed to the podcast, please do so. Please also leave us a five-star rating and review in your, I, well, not your iTunes app of choice, because that would just be weird. <laughs> we show up on, like, Candy Crush, and there's a review for the podcast. <laughs> That would be a really fun little scavenger hunt thing to do is like... I've hit a review in one of the top five apps on <laughs> Apple. Feel free to find it. Uh, but you can leave a review in your podcatcher app of choice. Uh, it really does help out the show. Gets us in the charts up and up. People see us uh, as a, a popular bourbon podcast, I believe. I am very sorry for the way that my dog just walked across your lap. It's okay. Um, I'm my buddy. I know you weren't thinking about having more children anytime <laughs> soon, but I hope that that's maybe solidified your choice. Okay. <laughs> uh, you can also find all of our apparel and merchandise at bourbonshop.threadless.com, youtube.com slash my bourbon pod. No, excuse me, slash this is my bourbon podcast. Uh, go subscribe to the YouTube channel. And last but not least, patreon.com slash my bourbon podcast for as little as a dollar a month. Five dollars a month gets you the bonus content that everybody else has access to. Anyway. You said you had a flying blind for me. I do. This uh, this week. So I'm going to hand you a glass and let you do that. Um, this was all based on a bottle you got recently that I also had, but it was a different version. Okay. I don't entirely know what that means. Uh, you'll understand. Just trust me. Here you go. I don't know if it's because we've been talking about Pop-Tarts, but it smells kind of like jelly. <laughs> I could see that. Let me get some over here. Got a little bit left. I brought it over just because it needed to be finished. I can see the jelly. Almost almost like a blackberry. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> some like oak char chips. Floating around in there too. Well, yeah, it's a nice. It, it's kind of a subtle, but pleasant nose. Yeah, I would say. Lemon pound cake. Oh, 
Oh, it's very lemony. I could see that. Um, there is a, uh, I don't remember what it's called. Almost like a lemon square. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's more like a homemade lemon square if you've ever had one. That's weird. You know what it is? Any guesses? I have no idea. Well, you had a, um, a bottle of the new Baker's. <clears throat> Was it last week or the week before? A couple weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. And I have a bottle of the new Baker's, but I got this back when they first changed the bottle and everything mm-hmm. to a single barrel. And what caught me off guard was yours was a seven-year something. Yeah, it was like seven and a half fish years. And I was, I thought, in my head, I was thinking they were all eight years. Because this is a eight-year, six-month Baker's single barrel. Huh. So it's pushing nine years. Wow. Yeah. So I I don't know if I've ever had a Baker's that old before. I don't know if that's just the first round of them. Sure. And now they're all seven, but this was eight years, six months. It does not remind me of any Jim Beam products. No. At all. That is so unique. It's very lemony. Lemony dessert. Interesting. I'm not upset about it at all. No. The bottle's gone. I've enjoyed it. I think the... Eight year, six month uh, info there is really what made me curious to what you would think about yeah. it. All right, cool. Well, uh, that was flying blind. Flying blind. There you go. <laughs> Eric, do you want to talk about what we've been drinking recently and also what the heck happened on Friday? Well, we consumed <laughs> a lot of Wilderness Trail and we both drank a lot of Wilderness Trail over the past week getting ready for our pick. You did. Um, if you saw Perry's live, I, uh, made up some samples of some of my favorite single barrels of wilderness trail that I own. And he went through those on his live and I was doing the same thing at home. Um, kind of prepping, you know, finding what some interesting things and what to look for. And so Friday we headed to wilderness trail to pick a barrel and we picked a great barrel. We did. We were given four samples. Um, each of them were about four years old. I think Macaulay said that they kind of averaged out to be about 114 proof as well. So nothing too crazy, I would say, uh, in terms of stats behind the barrels. But I was really, really pleased with the the one that we wound up picking. It was easily the most complex. Mm-hmm. It was easily one that I think would satisfy or <clears throat> delight the most people. Uh, in in many ways uh, and you know it kind of got down to the wire with a, a couple of different samples as we were trying to make our decision but I I mean it was it was pretty clear by the time that you know the arguments started coming up that you know we there were, was there we was were, one that towered yeah we were all on the same page uh and at, at the last two and then we were both uh not both all the whole group we had two that we were just going back and forth on. And we all came to a unanimous decision on which one we picked. Yeah. But there was two that were just out of this world good. Like one, like Perry said, was a little more complex. One was more like this is just everything good about it. Kind of like a bourbon drinker's bourbon. Exactly. And there was one 
Oh, baby. Oh, funky nerds. We we called that one funky nerds. It smelled and it tasted like funky nerds. It it just I the way I was kind of characterizing it was like moldy sourdough bread. There was so you you brought a little scent. You were able to take some of it home. I got to take some of it home. I was such a fan of it, not because I feel like it represents like the best of Wilderness Trail or the best of our picking abilities, but because it was so different. And Perry knows how much Wilderness Trail barrels I have or single barrels I have in the basement. And it is like nothing I've ever smelled or tasted. Oh, that's rough, man. And I love Wilderness Trail. I really do. But that is a... I, that's a tough smell. I just... I want to know... I want them to stick that back in the corner and let it just get <laughs> old and wild. Because I think it would turn into something amazing. Yeah. I am okay with having that like one or two more times. But then just kind of leaving it. Yeah. Like move, moving on with my... Nice. It was, they have such a nice setup though. Like we, oh, yeah. we all, we met up, we got some lunch before we went to the pick and, uh, we walk into the pick room and like you, there's these big leather couches and chairs sitting around. Um, they gave us such big pores, I guess you would say like it, it was not, there was not any like worried about like not having enough to sample because they were very generous with what they poured. Yes. And, uh, some of us even went back and got more of not only what we had picked, but some of the other samples as well, yeah. just to kind of revisit them and, you know, make sure that we had made the right decision. And then, um, we we ventured off to the Rick House. They let they just let us run wild. I feel like it kind of felt like it. Yeah, it was like free time at yeah. recess, and we uh, we went and signed the barrel, roamed around the Rick House for a little while. It was pouring rain, absolutely just a monsoon out of nowhere, uh, and then we ran back over to the uh, <laughs> to the gift shop where they were generous. Again. And that's when things went from good to great <laughs> for Eric. <laughs> so anybody in our little circle of friends, they may have got a phone call from me after the pick because I was in a whole nother world on the ride home. This had nothing to do with the actual pick. The pick, I was good, serious, doing my best work. Afterwards, it was party time. <clears throat> They were letting us try samples of all the different things in the gift shop. We got to go see the still. We got to get White Dog off the still. It was it was amazing. It was one of it was one of the best whiskey experiences I've ever had. And then we got to the car, and Perry was driving me home. And it's just it's 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 a little bit of a blur from there. It it hit you awfully quickly. It did. I I, I don't know if anything had ever hit me that fast. I wasn't sick. I was just in another universe. Eric was gone, and the mutant was in control. The whiskey mutant the, had... <laughs> he doesn't come out, but maybe once or twice a year. Reached up from the depths <laughs> of your soul. Uh, I just turned... I was like morph from X-Men. Like, <laughs> just instantly changed. 
And luckily, Perry took care of me. He got me home. My wife threw me up in the bed and let me sleep from six o'clock to three a.m. So let me let me fill in some uh, <laughs> let me fill in some gaps here. That's it, right? For you. Um, uh, so yes, everything up to where you got to the car is accurate, and I don't think that you left out enough details for people to understand the. Um, the the general vibe of the situation. The car ride was maybe the most entertaining fifty to sixty minutes I have experienced since like before the pandemic. <laughs> as far as like a human to human interaction goes, there was lots of Perry. I just got to tell you, I love you so much. <laughs> Thank you so much for bringing me on the podcast. This was just such I've been wanting to do something like this forever. And I was like, "Man, I love you too." Then just right off of the back of that, can you believe how much we got of that funky nerds barrel? I was like, "I know, man. I see that we're going to have to talk about it on the podcast next week. When are we going to record next?" <laughs> well, it'd be great if we could record on Monday. Oh, what time are you thinking on Monday? I think I need to hang out with the kids, but I also think I have Sunday off, but I'm not entirely sure. Well, I think we could probably do lunch or evening if that's fine with you. All right, that sounds good. Perry, I love you, man, so much. Let's call Grease. Let's see what Grease is up to. Grease finally answers the phone after five times of us trying to call him. Excuse me, of Eric trying to call him. And Grease picks up on FaceTime. I'm the one holding the phone because you handed it off to me. And you go, and I don't know <laughs> what happened in between the time that you first started trying to call him and when it was finally successful that your confidence waned, <laughs> but you just went, here, you talk to him. I don't want to talk to him anymore. <laughs> he wouldn't answer. Maybe that's it. I don't know, but I was like, <laughs> that, is, that is not how I signed up for this at all. And... <laughs> Grease answers the phone, stone-faced, looking at me. I don't know if he knew I was going to be the one to pick up or not, but I can't imagine that the conversation would have gone any differently had it had been you that answered the phone. He picked up on FaceTime. I looked at him. I was like, it's not my fault, buddy. I'm sorry. And he would not say anything back to me, and I apologized a couple more times. I was like, Eric, you you talked to him. We talked about, you know, them coming up for, uh, they're going to be in Louisville sometime soon. We were talking about doing like a big uh, joint podcast with them and, and stuff. But like after that, it was just more of, I love you. Can you believe how much we got of this? When are we going to record? Here's what we're going to do when we get to my oh. house. You're going to go in and cover for me and <laughs> April's not going to know. And I go, this was a legit back and forth that we had. You're going to go in first. I'm going to go to the bathroom. You're going to go in and cover for me. And I'm going to go in and cook dinner. I'm going to walk you back out to your car and get you that grape soda beer, which I have not had yet. I don't know if you remember whether or not that you gave no, it to I me. I remember. Okay. Um, and you go, and it's going to be okay, and she's never going to know. And I go, hey, or, uh, Eric, she's going to know. She knew. And, and you go, no. 
Just like that? Just about like that. Nah, she's not going to know. And we got in the house, and I looked at April, and she goes, how was it? And I go, he had a great time. And you get done peeing, and you come around the corner, and you just stand there for a second. And she goes, Eric, you're dead. (laughs) Because you were supposed to make dinner that night. I know. That's the main thing that was, that was the worst part. She got, she was more mad that I didn't make dinner because then she had to figure it all out. <laughs> Luckily, she didn't murder me in my sleep. She took me upstairs, put me in the bed, and I slept for a long time. <laughs> now, listen, I work night shift. You, okay, I, this is all to be said, and I'm giving you the benefit of the doubt because I, I totally understand, and it's only fo- so much fun to rag on you before and like <laughs> you understand what the situation was. You had not slept. No, I had worked on the last two nights, so I've been up barely even a nap here and there, probably 36 hours. So probably on my part, I should have stepped it back on the post-pick samples. Well, But I was in such good company. And it was such a fun experience. I just, it was hard not to just be going nuts with everybody. Like, they were so nice to us at Wilderness Trail. We had such great company. Adam Terry was there. He brought his friends along and the guys from the Nashville Bourbon Society. And it was great. We all were just instantly connected and we were having a great time. And all that together (laughs) brought the mutant out on the way home. And I'm alive still. I'm happy you're still alive. April understood the next day. She she knew she knew that I knew what I had done. She she was very patient with you. She is. And but it would it still did not make the situation any less no. funny. Cause you were trying dude, you were trying so hard to play it off like nothing had <laughs> happened. You're trying to play with Annie, and you're almost falling over. Oh, no. And you're, I think you were, like, giving her treats or something, too, and it was just not going well. Yeah. And April's like, Eric, what, why, are you, why are you doing that? And you're like, she needs treats. And she's like, no, she doesn't. She's okay right now. Luck- anyway. Luckily, that, that's, that's not a... That's it's that's, not a regular it's not a regular thing. And April knew I was having fun. So I think she was a little easy on me on that one because she could have... She could have went. She could have made it a lot worse. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> but all in all, you guys are going to love this barrel. Mm-hmm. It's so good, and I'm such a big Wilderness Trail fan. I have so many to like compare to, and this is one of the best I've had. I have to agree, and I I think that it, you know, what we were kind of saying earlier is that it's going to be a crowd pleaser. I don't think that anybody's going to have it and be like. I don't get it. I don't like it. I wanted something, you know, way out there. If you wanted something way out there, I got I got a sample for you. Well, scrounge up like sixty seven hundred dollars and you know go buy yourself the funky nerds barrel. Funky nerds. But either way, we wanted to this week because I, I don't I don't really want to do a review for these two products, but I think it's important to kind of. Uh, compare them at the very least because I have not had the second edition of Pursuit United, uh, but I have had the first one. I was able to talk with Kenny about it on one of my live streams back. What was that? Middle of last year. I think it was when last the first year? came. The first 
release came out. I just don't even remember when that was. Everything's everything in the past like two years just blends together. I feel like. Anyway, Uh, so we're going to compare Pursuit United One and Pursuit United Two. See uh, what we what we think about the differences between the two, if there are any. Of course, and uh, do you know if they did anything different? I know that they are supposed to have different sourcing between batches, um, but I don't know exactly, or I can't remember exactly what the the differences are uh, from from batch to batch, and it might be on the label, so you might have to kind of do a little bit of reading there. This first one. This one was I got this I got this bottle back when it first released. It just says distilled in Kentucky, Tennessee, and New York. Blended and bottled pursuit spirits, Louisville, Kentucky. But I don't see anything else. It, the bottles look pretty similar. Can you uh can we actually pour the yeah. second one next to him as well? All right, so Pursuit one. One. This has gotten funkier, I feel like. It is... I haven't had this in a while. I haven't either. And it is. It's almost... Really, it's almost peanutty. Mm-hmm. I was actually kind of feeling out some, like, Rice Krispie treats. Ah, yeah. Oh, yes, yes. Oh, yes, uh, I see. see. I can say, I concur, I concur. I concur. I say, yes, sir. I almost drank through my nose just then, by the way. So That's oh. about where I am. <laughs> it drinks so much more like a rye than the nut. Yeah. I mean, it's got so much spice on the back end. Boy, it, it just explodes in the middle of the palate. A little bit of... Uh, a little bit of marshmallow, kind of like you said mm-hmm. on the Rice Krispie Treat. It's a little bit more on the palate. It's pretty full-bodied. Mm-hmm. Finish is good. Does this have wheat in it? Is one of the mash bills they blend? Is it a you wheat? You know, the the New York one. The New York one might have uh, some some weeded distillate because it reminds me of a you know that wheat kind of finish that hits the sides a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is like peanuts and Rice Krispies, Rice Krispie treats. Isn't there like a peanut butter drizzled Rice Krispie treat? I'm sure there is. I think there is. Oh. That's our next great adventure. Oh, Rice Krispie treats. <laughs> we do have, we didn't even talk about this. We got a whole box of snacks. Oh, from Dawn? From Dawn. That oh. we need to pair sometime. Yes. That might be like a live stream or something that we do with him. I would love to do that. It might have to be on like an off day since, you know, when I go live on Thursday nights, it's 2 p.m. for him in Hawaii. Uh, so, well, yeah, when Don said he was going to send some snacks to pair, I got so excited. I was like, I feel like I've made it now. When like, I when I opened it, I felt like I was doing like an unboxing video just because of how neatly everything was laid. And like, I could I'm see like, him being so neat and like making sure everything was oh, like perfect. And in it there. was. And then I tried to recreate that by putting everything back in the box, and it looks just like a mess. <laughs> it's like when you're a kid and you try to open your Christmas present, and you're like, they're never going to know. You know, I never did that. I did. I, I know you did. Like, I, If you had to tell me, 
whether or not I thought that you dove into your Christmas presents early, I would have said there's without a doubt that you would have. The done older that. I got, the better I was at it. <laughs> oh, hopefully, hopefully <laughs> I would be. You know, batch two is pretty similar. I was gonna say it has that little bit of marshmallow and funk on the nose. It's not much different. Maybe one is a little sweeter. Yeah, I was going to say, I think there's a little bit of a darker note that's on two. Okay. But I'm also picking up some kind of like green note. I don't know if I'm smelling green or if I'm, you know, placing it right. in a particular flavor profile. Almost like black cherry. There is a lot more rye on nose one. Yeah. I mean, to oh. the point where side by side, I, see, I would I see almost... It now. When you go right back and forth. Yeah. Through, mm-hmm. I would almost think in a side by side, in a blind side by side, that one was actually a rye whiskey. It definitely, yeah, it fin- and it finished like a rye too. The palate's a little different, similar, but it starts out like sour green apples, but then it kind of turns into sour red apples. I get more red apples on two, but the I feel like the I feel like the finish on one lasts a little longer than on two. Yeah, I agree. I still get I still get a little bit of that peanut marshmallow, but I get more red apple on two and less finish. I'm not mad at either one of them. No, I'm not either. I think this is a great blend. I think I just ever so slightly prefer batch two. Honestly. I think batch two is more makes me want to go back to it more. You know what I would really like to see is if this was finished in like a toasted barrel in oh. the, you know or a, a light lighter char with a toast something yeah you know just to kind of make it not necessarily a little bit brighter but kind of round out a little bit of it yeah I think because um, I, I it's got almost all of these like little components of what I familiarize LEs with, Mm -hmm. but it's missing something that just kind of pushes it a little bit. Like it's kind of got the bones of, uh, of a Kentucky owl, but none of the extra barrel finishing. Yeah. That Dixon made so famous with this or with, with those. Right. And that's like, it makes me want to almost see what a, an LE version. I mean, I know it's still, being distributed in certain places it's not as easy to get but i know now that they got it in a lot more places yeah but i you know it's 108 proof so i would i would be curious to see what some kind of like one-off like le version of it like a little higher proof cast strength strength with maybe a finish a toasted finish something like that marie it's really okay (laughs) 
<laughs> but all in all, like, I guess, you know, if you're going for something that you feel like you can just a good drinker, like it, yeah. it, it fits, it fits all the, uh, it hits all the notes. Well, I, I always felt like batch one was just a really solid drinker. Yeah. And I actually, for a little while, kind of treated it like that. If I was low on Circuit 101 or Rare Breed or Elijah Craig, you know, for a, a certain amount of time, just because, you know, it had a really solid proof to it. It wasn't, you know, super expensive or anything. It was pretty readily available. Yeah. And so I just kind of, you know, took my time with it. And I mean, I've still got about half or probably about as much as you do in your, yeah. uh, your batch one bottle. I got right. the batch one at Total Wine when it first came out, and then I actually grabbed this the second one at uh, Ernie's here in town because that's the first time I'd seen that they oh, nice. had it. So I guess it, you know, it start it's starting to hit a lot of the smaller stores, mm-hmm. and I know they posted a lot of stuff at Costco and different things. So yeah. I think it's great. I think it's good. Yeah, I, I like it quite a bit. I still think it's it's in the like fifty dollar price point, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um. You know what's funny is that when when I talk to people about doing the podcast and, and I talk to people about how much I love bourbon, the question inevitably turns eventually to, well, do you ever want to make your own? Or do you want to have your own little distillery or your own brand or, or whatever? And I think that we all kind of have that aspiration. And in some capacity, doing picks scratches that itch yeah. for a lot of us. But I do think that there is still kind of that desire to like create something that's your own. Yeah. Right. Whether it's through blending or actually, you know, sourcing barrels and refinishing them or going to someplace like Bardstown Bourbon Company and having them contract a still product for you. But this, this is almost like the realization of a dream that we can't all really attain because we don't have the capital for it Yeah. as, as podcasters. And the cool thing that I have really enjoyed seeing from bourbon pursuit and, you know, they have that tagline of the official podcast of bourbon. And it feels like it at times, right? Yeah. I mean, it, it does feel like there is that notoriety, that credibility to that brand and especially that, that that name that they have kind of in in many ways given themselves yeah right and i think that this is just kind of another step towards that you know overarching brand of what you know being the official podcast of bourbon actually is because now they're not just talking about it now they're making it it's on the shelves yeah people are reviewing their product yeah and i you know, I can't say that one day we'll be able to have our own blend of, of products out on the shelf. But, I mean, I think that that's something really cool to aspire to and, and something that, you know, hopefully, even if it's not, you know, a, a bourbon podcast or a whiskey podcast, it can still show others that it, no matter how small they might start, there's always that room for yeah, growth. And there's there's always, always new places. There's to go always something and, more you can do. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I don't know. Maybe there's a gaming podcast that has a, their own video game in production. What if I walked into Bardstown Bourbon Company and I said, I want a bourbon that tastes like a fudge round? How do you think they would look at me? Do you think they would say, 
we're going to figure it out. Or do you th- think they would say, what? I think you could. It, uh, okay. I think if you just walked into <laughs> Bardstown Bourbon Company and said that to the just maitre d' at the, the, the person at the front that's yeah, just exactly. like doing like tours and stuff. Give me a bourbon that tastes like a fudge round. <laughs> that's the same energy of you after your colonoscopy going, I want to go to the liquor, I want to go to the total wine and show them a picture of my butthole and they'll feel sorry for me and they'll give me free free bourbon. Okay, maybe I'm not the exact person to go in the Bardstown Bourbon Company and ask for. Maybe I should get you to go in there and do it more proper. I mean, I think that if you talked with the right people and there was enough product and interest, they could probably make a blend that tasted just like a fudge wouldn't that be the most the most amazing job ever you know who else would probably do a really good job of it and it's not just because we were just there wilderness trail because they've got the science background to where they know basically what makes each thing work and tick and happen so i bet that they would be able to knock it out even quicker oh than bardstown bourbon company would dr pat listening right now <laughs> i want i need a fudge around profile you know it'd be really fun i don't and it, it would solely just be for our own catharsis but to have like different distilleries create their oh. own blend of what they think is the perfect representation of a fudge round is oh, we could get dixon to blend something oh 100 percent we get to do Bardstown Bourbon Company, Wilderness Trail, Dixon. Uh, you know, we could even do. Oh, we could even do it at a a like creator level, and have Matt Porter do it. Oh, I'm down. I'm down. I think I think we need to make this happen. Ah, <clears throat> I'm excited right now. <laughs> this is see. This is this is incredible. Mama, I'm living my dream right now. <laughs> Perry, I just got to let you know, man, I love you. And I'm so happy that I'm on the podcast. So you're just making all my dreams come true. <laughs> I've just been wanting to do this oh. forever, man. And one day I woke up and I you rolled over. You know whose fault over. this is? Adam Terry's. Absolutely. He did this to me. He did that to me. <laughs> he got me like that. I'm blaming on Adam Terry. <laughs> Oh. I'm I'm just I'm excited. I think that that's going to be really cool if we can get people to participate. Right? Yeah. I know. mean, you know, in my mind, everybody loves snack cakes, but that's just me thinking that. I don't know how people feel about the fudge round. I don't know if they're <laughs> as obsessed with it as I am. I don't know, but I want them to be. You know, and maybe the creativity that they have will just make them want to try it. You know? Yeah. Absolutely. I think Dixon would probably be the most on board. Oh. Between Dixon and Matt. Yeah. I think Matt would be all over it. Imagine Dixon versus Matt in a fudge round blend. You heard it here first. <laughs> don't don't steal our ideas. No. This is my bourbon podcast exclusive. <laughs> I have a question for you. Okay. Actually I don't really. What? Well, I mean, do you want to do this review? Do you? The old fits? I mean, I'm down if you're down. I am down. 
I'm wanting to do something else though. In I addition mean, to it, there's okay. Because we've kind of been putting this off for a few months, and we didn't like it when we first tried it. Oh, and I don't want to, and I don't want to dunk on it, but I, I'm curious if it has changed at all since we first tried it. The larceny, the larceny B five twenty one. When we first had it, was rough. It was rough. It was at the uh, the meetup, bourbon meetup. You let me try some, and not was it greatest no do you want to do old fits i think we should definitely do the old fits first okay old fits first old fits first old fits first since it's 100 proof as opposed to the what is this 121 of the b521 now and, and here's the thing about the larceny and we'll talk about it more once we we get there but <clears throat> Proof for me is not always the deciding factor in whether or not I'm going to like a product. No, I mean it's it's definitely it it kind of hits your brain like oh a barrel proof or yeah you know you're like oh I'm coming for you, but it's not always you know it can hide it, you know proof can hide things or it may just come off come off way too high proof or yeah. so I I completely agree. But the B five twenty one Elijah Craig was 118 proof. It was really good. The lowest it had ever been, and I really liked it. Um, this is one of the higher larceny barrel proofs, and it was rough. Yeah. Again, we'll talk about it when we get there. We should definitely focus on the old Fitz Baldwin bond. So this first is... First and foremost. This oh, is 11 years 11 old. years. Okay. Uh, so it's going to be... 110? $110. I'll... I I love that aspect of the old Fitz line. You know. Yeah. Ten dollars a year. Straight up. If you you know, if you're fortunate enough to get it at that price. This smells like Hershey candy bar. <laughs> I do love that every time that you know something, your first reaction is what kind of sweet <laughs> Hey, it's this. That is, that's how I don't know. Like that's just how I started doing things. Like I'll try to make things remind me of candy bars and snacks. It's very sweet. What else? I'm. I'm. There's something else there. Yeah, you're. I can tell, and I can't. I can't. Figure it out. I hate to keep falling back on this, but it kind of smells like frosted Cheerios. It's there's there's some kind of frosting, like a hint of. But it, it it's like it's more of like the, the 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 individual parts of it. Like it's more of a green yeah note, which I wasn't really anticipating with an eleven year old bourbon like this i don't know man it doesn't it doesn't nose like a weeder 
No, but I don't think it really noses like it's a, it's a rye bourbon either. No, no, it's it's, it's just kind of straddling the line between the two, and it's I'm unique, just yeah. a little confused and or frustrated by it. Not in a way that like no, because I there's something like there, and it's like you want to be able to say that note, but I can't I can't think of it. Yeah, exactly. It's very oaky for eleven years. Very drying. Yeah, but the oakiness kind of you know you know how Grease will say things like it's grapey, right? The dry oakiness kind of rolls back the punches a little bit and kind of blossoms into like like a grape sucker. Almost. I was going to say uh, gummies, grape gummies. Yeah, like absolutely. Gummy bears type, like a some kind of gummy candy. And it's purple, like like we talked about. Oh, it's one hundred percent purple flavor. I taste this, and I taste purple. <laughs> I okay. I have had this before. I when when I get these sample bottles from Heaven Hill, I typically will open them fairly soon after I've received them, either to give them air or just to kind of get my first impressions on them. And I don't remember having this much of a reaction to it at first. Mm -hmm. I think it was a little bit lukewarm. And I feel like this has opened up a fair amount since I I first tried it. I like this. I do, too. It's really different when you compare it to all of the other old Fitz decanters that have come out so far. Some of the older ones get too oaky. I can see that. Um, I've had a 16 year old and, um, it's, it's good, but it's just, it's just not something that it's not anything I'm going to want to keep pouring this. This is really good. Yeah. It, it smells like Hershey chocolate and it tastes like purple gummies. And I think. I think the finish is great. Like it's 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 right there. It doesn't last too long, but I enjoy it. I don't know if this is one that Okay, let me back up. I think that I would recommend picking this one up if you have other old fits decanters in your collection. I don't know if this is the the best first no this fits to have this is not going to make you think that you know when you look at that decanter and you see how awesome it looks and you know what it took to get it like this is not going to like blow your mind yeah it's good but like you said i think you said it perfect like if you have other old fits and you want to put it in a lineup with you know, the eight year or the 13 or the 15, like this would be great to try them side by side. Mm -hmm. It's almost like why you don't want to get the funky nerds. Right. You know, as, as a single barrel that you're trying to, no, I'm not, I'm not going to hand somebody funky nerds and say, try some wilderness trail. (laughs) No, I want to hand that to them after they've tried all this other stuff. And then you throw that in. Exactly. So, I th- I think, all in all, this is a really good entry 
into the the old fits line <clears throat> give yourself some time to try the other ones if you have not already i don't think that this is fully worth here's the thing this is one of the more subjective items that we can review right because the decanter seems to offset mm-hmm. a lot of the yeah. opinions about what goes into the bottle. It's great that there's this age statement and sometimes double-digit age statements on these labels, but it doesn't always indicate that it's yeah. something you should pick up. All that being said, I I would... I see like it's not even like a try it before you buy it. It's almost like a wait and see kind of thing. If you want to buy it for anything right now, buy it just so you can say you have it. Yeah. And so you can have that beautiful. It's gonna be it's gonna be one of the lower uh priced ones because yeah. you know, at eleven years. Um I feel like this could be this could be something that could be put in just a normal bottle around forty to fifty dollars, and I would keep it stocked on my shelf. Yeah, if that makes absolutely. sense. Absolutely, I'd like to try this. I would even like to try this in a cocktail. Yeah, I don't know if it's a Manhattan or old fashioned worthy or or what, but I I think that it's got enough to where it can cut through the cocktail, but not overdo it. You know your baller status when you pull out an old fence old yeah, fence exactly. decanter and like i'm gonna make some old fashions with this boys let's go <laughs> no, especially I, once you start getting into like the 15 yeah. 16 year old ranges and people are 16 like, year old fashion all right let's do this that's what people were doing with van winkle before it disappeared oh, yeah. from shelves jello shot of course stuff. that would be hilarious <laughs> just a big jello I, mold of van winkle <laughs> <laughs> hey, make me a purple jello old fits eleven. I'm down for it. I'm not mad about it. I am worried that I'm gonna be mad about this next thing though. <sighs> Should we give this a score or are we just saying what we think about it? I think that generally old fits decanters are gonna be about the same score unless it's something that's really awful. I, yeah, I think, especially with the value, you know, the yeah. $10 per year. Because, I mean, that, for the most part, is like a, I mean, usually that's like a three and a half to four mm-hmm. in terms of value for yeah. me. So everything usually is right about the 15 mark out of 20. I would say. I would so agree. It, it's not that I'm trying to avoid being hypercritical of this one. No. It's just that there are aspects of it that I don't think that a numerated score would differentiate this one from others right. enough to, you know, be be valuable. Yeah, and it's say. one of those bottles that, you know, you just got to make that decision on your own. Like, if you never had an old fits, you know, you got to decide if you want to pay the money. If you've had some, you, you want to decide if you want to add it to your collection. Mm-hmm. I really hope this is better than the last time we had it. I am worried that this is going to be the one that <laughs> keeps having hell from sending us more a lot, or a large snake barrel proofs in the future. Because they sent us, initially, a, a full 750 
alongside a, a full bottle of the Elijah Craig barrel proof. That's and then amazing. after That's we awesome. didn't after we didn't give it a great review initially, they they sent us <laughs> oh, these no. these two hundred mil bottles. So I don't know if they were listening or they just um, somebody told or they or if they just said, "Hey, we don't have enough to you know send everybody." What do you think? Okay, right on right off the bat, like I had to nose this two or three different times before the vapor didn't hit. Like it's there's not a whole lot on the nose other than no, alcohol, it, but there is a little bit of like almost like a smoked caramel. Can you candy caramel? Is that a thing that people can do? I'm sure you can do that. <laughs> I can see a little bit of... Almost like a little bit of... Caramel. I'm telling you, like, when I nose this, like, I, it's hard... It's hard to get past the proof. And it's not even, you know... Yeah. What's the proof on it? 121. There's that... There's just not a lot on the nose other than just proof. I can get a little bit of oak. I can get a little bit of age on the nose, but it, but there's almost like a wet wood smell. I can, I can definitely, it. yeah, you point that out. I can definitely. Like, like wood after it's just been rained on or a tree after it's just been rained on. Oh, I know what this smells like. So I um, I do a lot of, I use a lot of charcoal with like smoking, like making dinners and stuff. And this almost smells like, this is going to sound weird, but when you cook something and then it's been a day or two and you go back to get ready to get your grill ready again and you get like this whiff of like kind of like, Maybe what you cooked before and the charcoal all mixed together like that burnt. Yeah. That that's it right there. Okay. It's it it doesn't drink like it did initially. I'm not being repulsed by it. Are you? No. I I mean I actually I don't mind the, the palate. I actually kind of enjoy it. There's a nice, like, kind of soft peanut brittle note on there. I was going to say there is a almost like a some kind of peanut butter, like a peanut butter crunch cereal. Yeah. Like, it's not straight peanut butter. It's not peanuts, but it's kind of like an artificial peanut, like Captain Crunch peanut butter cereal. Mm hmm. I like the palette way more than last the, time. This has, and and I was hesitant to kind of give it another chance because I was really really worried that it, uh, I was going to feel about as poorly as I did before. But, um, this has improved a lot I like since this. we first had it. I don't know if it's where it's been open for a little while. How much was? I mean. Yeah. I mean, that's what, like, four or five ounces left? Yeah. 
Maybe. Uh, from a 200 mil bottle. So it's not that I haven't given it a chance either. It's oh. just I I haven't gotten to I think if make you, a statement about it. I think it yet. if you get past the nose, because the nose is a little it's a little hard to find something sweet or particular in it. If you give it some time, get past the nose, I think you'll enjoy the palate. Yeah. But I don't even think that the nose is so unenjoyable that it would deter you no. from I guess it's not enjoyable. It. Not unenjoyable. It's just I personally can't get a lot out of the nose. Yeah, no, I totally agree with yeah. you. Uh, but I mean, there are little things in there that make it uh, worth kind of going back to yeah. here and there. But overall, I mean, it, it's a pretty generic <laughs> alcohol bomb of a nose. Yeah, I would say. So, I'd say if you if you are able to get this without. You know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't wait on the line, or I wouldn't. No, this is a. Uh, if it's available to you, if you walk in, it's there, and you want a higher proof weeder. I, I, I think you'll enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, I think so too. I totally just didn't even realize that we did two weeders back to back there. Oh, did not perfect, even though. Did not even click with me. Well, there you go. There it is. That's a good idea. <laughs> That is a good idea. That was a good idea. Teacher's pet. It's <laughs> a good time to transition into tips and bits, I guess. <laughs> you watched. <laughs> I think you should leave. I did. I took your recommendation and I watched that and I loved it. <laughs> we were quoting it all the way to Wilderness Trail. Yes. A little bit on the way back. You kind of, uh, you did, didn't quite get most of that. <laughs> on the way home but um man that show is so good it's so good yeah that's that's just a you listen to the past episodes pair did you recommend that on I, I think i recommended it to you last week just okay. again just like saying how much i felt like you needed to watch it right it's um, so good did you did we establish like what our favorite sketch was between the two of us I mean, we talked about so many. I I love that sketch at the birthday party. The, oh, we're talking about the baby. Oh wait, no, 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 no. With the trying to prove that he likes the gift and he can, yes. he doesn't have to give the gift receipt back. That show does such a good job of making you think that it's going one direction in the beginning of the skit and then totally <laughs> turning it on its head and going a whole other way. I think that's what makes Tim Robinson such an interesting comedian. And such a funny comedian, too, because he he was on Saturday Night Live, yeah. not just as a performer, but as a writer. And he took a lot of the, the rejected concepts from SNL and put them into this show. And like, I think one of them was the sketch with Will Forte where he's on the plane. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy, the guys found him from like year, years ago. So yeah. the, <laughs> some people would say that it was chance that you wind up on a plane next to somebody. Oh my goodness. But that's not how this works. And he pulls out his hand and he's got the giant gash in it. And he's like, I was just bit by a rat. It's, it's nothing. This is a sketch where it's almost a thriller, like psychological thriller. And it's about a guy who, 
who has a bad experience with a crying baby on a plane. And then like 20 years later, he winds up on the same plane with the guy who is now a full aged man. And he's getting his revenge on him. I can't even, I can't even say anything more about it other than you just have to watch it. My favorite line from that sketch is, uh, Oh yeah. Stand where I'm about to walk. That makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) That's so good. Oh, uh, sorry. I, I'm going to be watching the show the rest of the day for sure. Was there a, what else did you have to recommend? Oh, this week. Tips and or bits. Tips and bits. Uh, um, I was going to recommend a podcast. Do it. So I have a friend that lives in California that he is part of a uh, horror movie uh, review podcast. Nice. It's called um, the uh, Who Goes Here Sorry, Who Goes There podcast. Who Goes There. Oh, okay, cool. Um, they're great. It's They review old horror. They review foreign horror. They review brand new stuff. And they are just, they don't hold back. Definitely don't w- listen to it with your kids. You said these are friends of yours, too? Uh, one one of, of the is- guys on, is his name's Matt. Uh, I watched uh, uh, New Japan Wrestling with him when I went to California. Nice. Yeah, he's a wrestling fan. So I met Matt. He told me about the podcast. I started listening. And they do a great job of, if you don't really feel like watching a horror movie, they sum it up so good. And it either makes you relieved you didn't watch it, or it makes you want to go back and watch it. So I'm going to have to listen now. Yeah. And like I said, it's... It's not, don't listen to it in the car with your kids because they, you know, sure. full blown language talking about the horror and they're very descriptive about what happens in the movies yeah. with the gore, but they do a great job and, you know, it's fun. It's just like listen to, you know, a couple of guys talking about horror films and uh, they do a little bit of banter back and forth in the beginning and then they review a movie. So that sounds awfully familiar. Mm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Are they affiliated with anybody no i think they're their their own thing sweet (laughs) that bodes well for what i had in mind okay in the near future so anyway regardless i'll recommend a podcast as well i and it's it's a really fun listen despite the fact that I would say probably 95% of the people who might listen to it have no relevant experience with what they're talking about. And I'm 99% sure I recommended them last year. But it's a show called 25 Days. And it started out as uh, three comedians. And it's the same guys who do the, the podcast Ooh Spooky, which I love. Uh, and it started out that that show was like they were reading through a Reader's Digest book called Mysteries of the Unexplained, and it was just, you know, insane stories and whatnot. But anyway, so 25 Days, um, they're three comedians. They go to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, and they record every single day of the 25 Days of the Fringe. Uh, and they're always, you know, talking about the experiences that they had, and they're talking about uh, other acts that they've seen or, you know, ex- you know what they've done throughout the Fringe. And they're comedians, too. So, the, I mean, the, you know, it's an entertaining conversation. They're trying to keep things light for the most part. But for the past two years, they haven't been able to go. 
So because of because of the pandemic. Right. So uh, in 2020 and 2021, they have played it off like they're actually there. <laughs> I love not that. not to. I mean, like they they're in on the joke, of course, right, and right. you know they make sure no, that the audience yeah. is as well. But this year they just ramped it up to eleven and had like you know different guests who were maybe doing shows or were bookers or you know this that or the other with the the festival and it's just so bizarre and so funny and off the wall and these guys are like you can tell so one of the funniest conceits of it is that they don't want to mention that they uh the 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 pandemic is actually happening and instead it's the murder hornets. <laughs> I forgot about the murder hornets. I know, right? Everybody that did. That was a big thing. Everybody <laughs> did. And and that's what they kept saying. They were do- like, they're staying home because they don't want to get the murder hornets. <laughs> and they don't, you know, they're trying to self-isolate. And, you know, they can't go anywhere because the murder hornets are so bad and everything. And I like, I left a review uh, on on iTunes uh, that the headline was this podcast cured my murder hornets. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway, it's good stuff. It's, it's a really, really fun listen. It's super like light and breezy, you know, I mean, it's nothing like extremely heavy or, yeah. or whatnot. Um, we also started a couple of shows this past week. I, I started one and I started another with Lucy, uh, nine perfect strangers. Okay. Which is a show with Nicole Kidman, uh, really bizarre and interesting. Melissa McCarthy's in it as well, actually. And it's these different people who come to like this rejuvenation camp or or whatever, you know, self help yeah. camp, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it. It's it's really interesting. I don't fully know what's going on with most of the characters just yet, and you know, it's based on a book, and I I think that you know a lot of people. Would probably know, you know, what's happening yeah. if they've they've read the book, of course. But I, I really have no clue. Uh, I also started um, Lovecraft Country. Oh, I've wanted to watch that. It's I, I'm only I'm really only one episode in, and I love it. Oh, good. It's I want to so, watch. I've me- I've meant to start that. I, it was one of those that I have on my list, and I just something would come up, or yeah. I'd watch something else. I need to start that. It's. Uh, and and that's the thing too is that I just kind of had to take the dive yeah and and get into it. I it's, it got me even more excited for Jonathan Majors mm-hmm. as Kang yeah in the MCU because he's he's the main guy in Lovecraft Country and he's such a phenomenal actor. I, I mean, very just grounded and, and believable in this role and. You know, they're not really entirely sure whether or not they're going to encounter monsters mm-hmm. at first because everything's kind of like supernatural starting yeah. out. And the, um, but then like once it ramps up, it like <laughs> really ramps up. And I I was not expecting to see like torn flesh <laughs> so early in the show. Yeah. But holy crap, there is a lot of blood and gore right oh, off that's, the bat that's i've not heard hardly anything bad about it yeah, well the only bad thing i've heard about it is that it didn't get renewed for a second season ah wow <laughs> which is a huge bummer but anyway have you watched cruella not yet 
Uh, me and the kids uh, and April, of course. Sorry, yep. April. We all watched <laughs> that um, the other night, and it's really good. Emma Stone does an amazing job in this movie. I've heard it's really good. Um, we waited a little bit. I didn't buy the like to unlock it the thirty dollars, but if it's unlocked on uh, Disney Plus, and it's a really good movie, I enjoyed it. Are you up to date with what's if? Yes. Or what if? Excuse, what's if? What is if? What is if? What is if? <laughs> You're you just I can't even I can't even what figure if? what if? Yeah. No Marvel's what if? Yes, I'm up to date on Marvel's what How if. How have you liked it so far? I've loved it. I thought that the first episode was fine. First episode, it was good. Second episode was great. And the third episode just kind of made me want to punch a hole in a wall because I didn't want to feel emotions that I felt previously. You hit it on the head. Like I, Marvel's What If is one of my favorite concepts because if you've read comics before, there's always these What If comics. They basically take the story you know and turn it on its head and say, you want to see Spider-Man become the Hulk? Well, here's you, here's you a story. What if the animated series starts out solid? It's great. It's a great story. Captain America style story. Episode 2, 10 out of 10. It, I get really sad every time I think about Chadwick Boseman now. Because I love, I love him so much as an actor. Honestly, yeah. he might be my favorite actor of all time. Yeah. And just knowing how much potential there was... And he voiced that and, whole thing. Yeah, he yeah. was actually. Yeah, that was his last T'Challa in role, it. I believe. Yeah, right? it was the very last work he ever did before he passed away. And it, did you see that it's now been an entire year? I saw that. I like saw everybody full, posting like about it. Like a full 365 yeah. days since he passed away. That's crazy. I I cannot get over that. But man, the guy was so talented. He was. I. I I've not seen him in anything that I have disliked. And as somebody who loves anime and like, I really get into like different like voice actors, like when yeah. they dub, you know, I, I can recognize Japanese voice, voice actors. I can recognize the dub actors who do it in English. And he did such a good job with that dub on episode two of what if that he could, he could easily have just done that and not even, you know, physical acting. So, what if Marvel's What If animated series is great? Yeah, the third episode was like it, it was wild. It was wild and it it really made you it really if you've read any Avengers comic books, then this is you're going to feel the feels on this one because this oh, is yeah. a story that this is a story that's been told in the comics that you've not seen yet in the movies. Yeah. So that's all I'll say. I'm not going to spoil it for anybody. Eric, we do have something else this week. Are you kidding me? We have a barrel rings this week. Oh, my gracious. This is a uh, frequently overlooked segment of the, the show. I want it to be... I want this to be... Every week. I do too. I miss having a semi-regular barrel rings on. It doesn't have to be every week. It doesn't I mean, have it's, to. It, but it would be nice for it to be... Once a month? Sure. Yeah. Every other week? Every other week? Whatever. Uh, this one's from Brian, though. 
So let's see what Brian has to say. Hey, Perry and Eric, it's Brian Woolert from Brian's Bourbon Bar on Social. I uh, just calling into this wonderfully named but vastly underused segment to see if you guys had any big plans for National Bourbon Heritage Month. Cheers. Well, cheers to you, Brian. Cheers, Thanks so man. For, Thanks for calling for in. Calling in. Goodness gracious. Uh, if you want to call in, it's 859-428-8253, uh, and you can leave us a little voicemail, and we will respond to it here on the show. I skipped over uh, the 30 Days of Bourbon Challenge last year because we were in anticipation of uh, Lucy giving birth, Right, and I did know, not know how that was going to go, uh, and I kind of figured, well, it probably would be best for me to not you know, commit to something like that just in case, you know, she was a few weeks early and uh, we all of a sudden had a baby and I couldn't keep up with it. Uh, so I, I'm, I, I would like to participate in 30 Days of Bourbon this year. I would like to get to the Kentucky Bourbon Festival at some point. I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it happen this year, but... I don't I don't know. That it's weird because like I feel like I always am celebrating bourbon. I was going to say like I feel like we're celebrating bourbon right now. Yeah, exactly. But there's always, you know, there's always that thing you can do for a month or a week or a hashtag to just make it a little more special. Yeah. It's just it's hard to, you know, only reserve the celebration of it for like certain times. I mean, it's just such a part of like who we are and what we do. I mean, Maybe. what if we only did the podcast like 25 days style and it was just during Bourbon Heritage <laughs> Month? <laughs> 20, 25 recorded sessions all in a row. You know what? Maybe we should do something like that for Bourbon Heritage Month. Like, Every day, put out like a five minute review of something, or because I don't want to be too like, then it would feel like advent, an advent calendar, but I don't want it to be like too cheesy. Like, every day, it's like, what's one thing that you're thankful for with bourbon? Maybe we could like spread it out across all our uh, social medias, like, you know, something on your YouTube, something on my Instagram, you know, then, you know, we do something on the podcast. Like, I don't know. Maybe I'll, you know, do a special pair pairing each week for the, you know, during the month or. I mean, you could even do like pairings with bourbon balls. Yeah. I'm just playing. I went complete silence with Barry. <laughs> he was waiting for me to say something. No, I was. I did left. not edit that silence at all. By the way, I left that. If you just had to go back a couple seconds and go, why is there nothing here? I left that in because Eric decided that he was just gonna derail no. the podcast. No, no, no. I would love. That's a great idea, actually. I would love to figure out what pairs best with just you know a general. Bourbon ball. And we are, I mean, right after Bourbon Heritage Month, we are going to be hitting episode 200. Oh, I've got some ideas for that. As well. I mean, I know I'm a noob on this, but i got some ideas. You had some really good ideas for it as well. No, that's made me, that Barrel Rings has made me start to think of some, some things I need to do. Just, you know, more content. 
I can't think, hurt anything. I think I I'm gonna take Bourbon Heritage Month and try to put out at least like a video on YouTube a week. Yeah, you know, like it doesn't have to be super long. Maybe like you know five minute reviews or or whatever, but just so I have something yeah out there because. You know, I'm still trying to push for a thousand subs. It's almost there. We're so close. I'm tired of talking about it. Um, but it's it only makes sense to kind of do something a little bit extra. Yeah, at least once it. a week. So yeah. yeah, maybe what we'll do is like I, I as far as like the podcast goes. Like a video on Monday, regular episode Wednesday, and then like a bonus episode on Friday. Yeah, that could work. You know, just. And then we can, you know, do something to in, in that same capacity in the future as well. But anyway. Guess our time's done. All That's right. about it. Yeah. I'm real bummed. I'm so bummed I don't want to do plugs. You don't? I mean, we can. It might help. Do you want to? You can find me at Whiskey Mutant on Instagram. I just put a new episode of uh, Marital Combat. You did, yeah. That's a good thing we should promote. Yeah. If you want to watch, it's every Sunday. We took a little break, but every Sunday night, me and my wife go live on my Instagram page, and we just debate topics that married couples usually debate. It's not anything serious. It's not about bills and, you know... All that stuff. It's just little quirks or, you know, things that you just wonder. Like, why does your wife have to use the GPS to go to the store that she goes to every week? You know? That was the topic. Why? I don't understand. Is it because she genuinely cannot get there without it? I think if she really had to try, she could. But I think it's like maybe like a... You know, like a security blanket type thing. Or so something? here, here's the reason that I will use a GPS for familiar locations. I don't know if there is a traffic situation that I might have to avoid. She doesn't. She does. I don't think she knows. That okay. Well, that's fair. That's part of it. That's fair. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's that's my reasoning <laughs> behind it. If like, hey, I know we're going to your mom's house, but let's check the traffic. Let's make sure that everything's safe and no. it's No, that makes sense. Okay. Well, sorry, so, April. So check that out <laughs> if you want to. Uh, if you also want to follow me, I'm at Pewritter1492 on all social media channels. If you want to follow the show, it's at my bourbon pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You can leave us a five-star rating and review on all of these social media. Well, no, that's not it right at all. On all of the podcatcher apps, if that is available. Uh, you can also find all of our apparel and merchandise at bourbonshop.threadless.com. You can send questions or comments to this is my bourbon shop at gmail.com. You can also leave us a voicemail for barrel rings yes. at 859-428-8253, much like Brian did uh, this past week. We really appreciate you doing that, Brian. Uh, you can also follow the podcast on YouTube, youtube.com slash this is my bourbon podcast. Again, getting close to a thousand subs. Get it. Get we'll on get there. there. We'll get there eventually. Tired of talking about it. Don't talk about There's it. giveaways. We're I'm just, just in, we're trying to bribe you right now just do it just, uh, just get over there and do it and uh also you can help support the show 
at patreon.com slash my bourbon podcast for as little as a dollar a month and as for as and as for as little as five dollars a month is what i was saying there not the correct way you. for me to there say that there was a special since. guest on this week's pregame chat there so was if you want to get on on that yeah and uh that's going to lead into uh yet another special edition of the the podcast whether it's on patreon or the main feed we'll have more information about that in the near future we do have two new patrons that we would like to thank for joining the patreon that is lucas boehner at the five dollar tier and michael beaver at the one dollar tier thank you guys so Thanks, much guys. oh wait nope Michael Beaver deleted his pledge at one dollar. Get out! Okay, I'll say what I want to now, Michael. Sorry, it's just Lucas at the five dollar tier. Thanks, Lucas. Thank you, Lucas. Also, uh, sorry, Michael. Appreciate you, I guess. For a second. Jeez. For a second. I think. I guess. Thanks for supporting the podcast for a while. <laughs> and then not anyway. <laughs> we will see you guys next week. Thank you so much for listening. Until then, I'm Perry. I'm Eric. And this is my bourbon podcast. <laughs>